How many of you have ever been underwater on your mortgage? That means you owe more than your, the value of your real estate. I lived in Los Angeles through the earthquake. I've been underwater. How many of you took stock market profits in 1999 or by March of 2000 before the crash? How many of you made money in stocks in 2001? 2002? 2003? It's a rally right now going on. All right, good. So you can gauge yourself by how many times you raised your hand and also use the wisdom that we're giving you here in this room. Okay, you can go underwater and things come back. Don't be afraid. Don't be tempted to sell low. Don't be tempted to run in and buy high. That's, that's human nature. Bite it a little tiny bit. All right, so we're going to be looking at the sheet on your seat. I'm going to put it up here on the big screen for you to see it as well. I only want you to look at two columns here. I want you to look at the company. And the next column right next to it is the stock rating and analyst recommendations. You guys are now going to become limited partnerships. I want you to pick three people around you, form mini groups of four. You are going to be limited partners. I'm giving you 200 bucks each. You are going to buy a stock in the airline sector. Now you can have your choice. Listen up for just one more second. One more second. You can pool your money. You can pool your money and have an $800 chunk to buy one stock. You can pool your money and split it between two different uh, companies. Or you can each decide that you want to keep your money individually and buy your own stock. But you must come to do this within your limited partnership. I'm going to give you five minutes. I, I'm asking you, just for our purposes, we are going to be looking at the entire report card. There's a specific reason to do this for now. Only take into consideration analyst recommendations and the stock rating. You've got five minutes. I'm going to ask you to come back with your company and with your target buy price and whether or not you'd buy it right now. Let's take a few people who did come to a consensus on what they would buy. And there is a reason why we just started out with the analysts. Anybody? Uh, we bought Southwest 200. JetBlue 200, Delta 100, and Northwest 100. Okay, great. And can you give me some reasons why you decided to spread the risk out? Well, looking at the two columns, um, we just went by what the analysts uh, said, it, but we wanted to diversify the, the risk a little bit. So you um, went with the most highly <clears throat> rated ones? Pretty much. Because JetBlue had a 7, Southwest had a 5. Delta has a seven. Okay, great. Anybody else want to share? Okay, back over here. Yeah. We're a little risky. We put a thousand bucks into United because it's the Nortel of the air. The Nortel of the air. Aha. Uh -huh. So even though the analysts say strong sell, you're betting on United. Piss on them. All right. Let's take one more right up here. The two of us decided to buy United. I'm the same, but looking at that was the only one that seemed to be on the low, on the continuum, uh -huh. was at the low. All of the rest of them were near their 52-week highs. Okay, good. All right, that gives me about three things that I must tell you right away. The first thing I'm going to tell you is this. 
Analyst recommendations are what brokers usually recommend off of. That's the analysts are paid to come up with positions for companies. The companies then give those analyst recommendations to the brokers, and brokers are basically sales people. They're order takers. Okay, so when you think of the word broker, I do not want you to think of genius. They don't even have to have a college degree. And in fact, at my brokerage, the turnover for brokers is 100%. There's not one broker in there that was there two years ago, not one, okay? So it's the entry level position in the field and they basically are giving you the information that their analysts are recommending. Do you know what the returns statistically on analyst recommendations are? I love my job. <laughs> There's a study done by Stanford and UCLA. It was released, it was a study based on 2000. They studied over 45,000 analyst recommendations. Statistically, if you went on, if you just traded on analyst recommendations, your returns were minus 30%. If, however, you bet exact opposite. If they said buy, you sold. If they said sell, you bought, up 43%. <laughs> okay, so. What have I just told you about broker and analyst recommendations? Okay. And I don't mean, for, I'm, I'm not saying that there aren't great brokers out there, and I'm not saying there aren't great analysts out there. What I'm saying is that statistically, there's a lot of studies that support that this is not the best way for people to base their uh, investment decisions on. Okay? <laughs> And there are many, many reasons for that, which I can't go into because he's only given me a, an hour and 15 minutes. And not all of them are nefarious. Some of them are just simply fact. The basic fact of the matter is, and we're going to get into this when we get into my member mosaic, analysts are reporting on what happened in the past. Okay? If you are driving while you're looking in your rearview mirror, what's going to happen? You are going to crash. You are going to crash, okay? It's no different. If you want to be successful in investing, you have to do what I did in 2000. You have to see what's coming in front of you. And you drive around any obstacles that you see coming in front of you, even if everybody around you tells you you're nuts. And they probably will. Do you know how many times I've been told I'm nuts? Guess what? Nobody tells me that anymore. But... <laughs> You, over the past three years, while well, I've been building my reputation and, and going up my ladder to reach the Rupert Murdochs and Steve Forbes of the world, a lot of people told me I was crazy, including some very, very good friends. Okay? All right, so the second thing I want to tell you is this. United, love the airline. I have friends who are stewardesses and pilots. I have friends who want this company to succeed desperately. And I hope sincerely that United will succeed. The company is in bankruptcy, okay? What that means for shareholders is this. Your stock is going to be worth zero, guaranteed. Zero. You know why? You're on the bottom of the list. In bankruptcy proceedings, what happens is the, that everybody else comes before you and shareholders statistically, 100% of the time, 98% of the time, get nothing. They have to start over. Bankruptcy buying is the most risky venture out there. The only hope that you have is that you buy it at 94 and there's some really great news and pops the stock up to two bucks and you sell it quickly to somebody else who doesn't know that their stock is not going to be worth anything. And personally, that doesn't fit my go with what invest in what you love theory. 
So you're not going to help United by investing in their, their company right now. You might lose everything that you have, and it's really risky. Okay, we're going to move on real quickly. Now, this is how I keep it simple, and this is the, the trademarked research strategy that has been endorsed by a lot of business leaders, and, I was, and quite frankly, I was surprised how quickly this gained prominence. It's, it's based on accumulation of people who are a lot smarter than me, but I made it simple. Okay? Personal experience. Number one, personal experience. Because I believe that what you love is what you're going to focus on. Just like me and my business. I love my business. I love what I do. And I took it from zero to almost $4 million in under two years. Because I love it. All right, so personal experience. Personal experience. Guess what? You know what's going on with the stores, with the product, with everything before the analysts do. You get it firsthand. My dad, who's a copper miner, day laborer, knew that Kmart was going to go belly up when it was still getting strong buy recommendations from analysts. You know how come? He'd go in there, and he'd look for whatever widget he's looking for, and they never had it, and then he'd ask an employee, and the employee wasn't going to look for it. They were disgruntled. They said the computer system didn't work properly. They couldn't get it in any way. And a lot of them told him, go to, go to Walmart. Okay? He said, you know, I think that company's in trouble. And I said, it sounds like it to me, too. Okay, your consumer experiences are valuable. You're not going to hear that from your broker or your analyst. But you should know that. That's point one. And guess what? Some of the smartest people in the world agree. Peter Lynch says, if you like the store, you'll like the company. If you like the store, you'll love the stock. So number one, what I always recommend is that you start with your personal experience. Number two, I just want to briefly say this, classic cars. I know a guy who makes a killing in classic cars. And I've heard Harv talk about people who make really good money on campgrounds. Now, I've got to tell you, I couldn't make a dime on a campground. I don't know about them. I don't care about them. And I mean, I like them sometimes to take my son, but I'm, I'm, I'm just never going to make a dime in it. The numbers. I mean, we're going to go through this very, very carefully, but believe me, it's easier than you think. And I'm going to explain the numbers to you and you're going to get it down, and it's much easier than you think. The biggest number that you need to know about is, A, bankruptcy. Is it in bankruptcy? Just please avoid it, unless you're really, really a high-risk taker. And the third thing is reliable news. And we'll get more into what I mean about reliable news. But I'm going to give you a little tip. Press releases are not reliable news. <laughs> Press releases are written by professional writers to make their company look good. And I've seen press releases that said, this is the third quarter where we have reported increased revenues on a company that was about to go belly up because they were still in negative earnings, they weren't turning a profit, and they burned through all their cash. They do not legally have to say that in a press release. They do in a quarterly report that goes to the government but they don't in a press release. And what's even more insidious about this is that a lot of the smaller newspapers are under great amount of pressure to fill pages and report news, and a lot of them don't have time to do the necessary research to find out that other little important fact that I just told you. So they report on press releases almost verbatim. The smaller the newspaper, the less reliable the source. I am sorry to say. 
Okay? And there are even a couple of tricks that you have to worry about with more reputable, high-paid journalists that work for CNN, CNBC, and um, the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal, although typically those are much, much more reliable news sources. All right, so we're going to get right in to helping you guys now go into uh, your, next, your next limited partnership, and now that you know a little bit more information, you're going to be deciding what you would pick now. Let's take a quick look at price. Now, you know now that United Airlines is so low because they're in bankruptcy. Okay? JetBlue, the highest priced stock in there. It's a little deceiving. You know why? It's the youngest company. So even though JetBlue price is 57.10, they have split. They, they did their IPO last year. Within six months, their stock had split. Their market capitalization, look over about five uh, rows, and you'll see market capitalization. They currently, market cap is simply this. It's the total amount of money that you and I and other investors have bought into the company. So we have collectively, as investors, $3.675 billion in JetBlue, and collectively, as, as investors, they have $14.09 billion in Southwest. So Southwest, if you want to think of it in terms of visuals, I think that Southwest is almost like Jabba the Hutt. Okay? And then JetBlue is kind of like um, the hair. So in most races, who can run faster? Right. It's much easier for a young, growing company that has room to split. And what I mean is that it's, it's got room to, to, um, for its share price to get up to 57, and then they can say, split for two for one, and all of a sudden you've got double amount of shares, and the price goes down to about 30 bucks. Okay. 